Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to Two Chunks in a Hunk, a movie podcast where we give pumps and dumps. Welcome to Two Chunks and a Hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders, and this week, I'm your chunk. I'm Doge, and I am a radio for speaking to Hunk. <laughs> and I'm Carter. And Indy, why does the floor chunk? <laughs> that was really good. It was very good. That's, the, that's why they call me old first first try, Carter. Oh, they do call you that. That's I've true. noticed that. That's true. <laughs> Where there's a Willis... There's a way. There's a way list. I think that was my hashtag for my wedding. Was it? Oh, no. It was, I will always love you. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and yeah, that's very good. It's a long one, but it was good. Yeah, and there's something you guys want to ask me? Yes. Oh, dude. Why are you so honky, though? Well, this is my movie. And? And the past three days are coming up all doge. Okay. Thanks for asking. I'll explain. <laughs> well, I mean, you gave the look. I mean... I mean, it sounded like you looked like you were going to tell us. Rather than one large reason, there are three small reasons. Mm, mm-hmm, Number mm-hmm, one, mm-hmm. I got a free grill from Facebook. Huh? Pretty psyched about that. I looked on Facebook Marketplace for the first time in my life and typed in gas grill. Found a dude uh, who was giving away his five burner gas grill for free because it was dirty. What the heck? Because it was dirty. So you know I'm going to put in a little elbow grease to cancel out that meat grease. What? And it's going to be good as new. But then you're going to have to get rid of that elbow grease because grease is just no good. What else was he giving away that was dirty? He's like, well, my lawn. Get this dirt in it. <laughs> and have my house. <laughs> the second reason is because today I was on the phone with my insurance company trying to get my wife's vehicle towed back to our home mm-hmm. because oh. it is totaled because yeah. it's a bad time with that car. But yep. things are coming up all doge and I'm committed to that positivity. I was on the phone with her and I said, you know what? You sound very similar to my family. Where are you from? Because I would guess somewhere around about Thunder Bay, Ontario, Canada. Are you for real? And she said, and I quote, Busted, I live about 20 minutes from there. So what? I called my accent shot. Hang on, I I crunched the numbers. We have the, I got our tech guy to crunch the numbers for this one for you guys. Thanks, tech guy. That's him talking now. I called my accent shot from 1,370 miles away. There it is. And the third and smallest reason that this week <laughs> That's is coming not the up. Smallest reason. The third, <laughs> the third and smallest reason that this week is coming up all doge is because right when we got here. I thought that I was going to spring a leak from drinking 32 ounces of sweet tea on the way here. Yep. That's a lot of sweet tea. Well, you know what? It's all doge. And so I power walked (laughs) to the bathroom, but there was a dude in there washing his hands. I opened the door and I played it off so good. He didn't even know I'd been power walking. Wow. I opened the door, walked slowly. I saw that dude. So you did that slowly like, to the urinal. You did that like pullback as you walked in. Yeah. Like you slammed the door. I but- throttled the speed a little bit to maintain yeah. my sort of my credibility. <laughs> and with as this you guy. walked by, you were like, <laughs> I walked by and I was like, I don't even have to pee that bad. 
Yeah. I'm just doing this because it's expected here. of me. I don't even have to be. Coming I'm just up in Doge, here. dude. It's it's all coming up Doge this week. Mm, just wow. drinking up that 32-ounce sweet tea, washing down the trash chicken, and yeah. mm, getting ready to yeah. pod. Hey, here's a fun idea. Let's bring that up every episode. <laughs> until I think, we should. <laughs> I think we should. I'm excited. That'd be great. You know Let's what? Let's do it. I won't let Speaking you get me down. of coming up all Doge... Oh, yeah. It's somebody's movie this week. Yeah, it's my movie. Congrats. Telling you, you, it's the best day of my life. (laughs) Hey, guys, what movie is that? Raiders Raiders of of the Lost Lost Ark. Can and I can I confess something? Confess. When I was searching for this on IMDb, I did shame on me. That's not what it's called. That's the post-release title. The post-release title. Yes, sir. Yep. It has been retroactively named. Because on Netflix... Where I watched this, it is titled "Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost." The Ark. titles on the film say "Raiders of the Lost Ark." Right, right. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I prefer Ra- just "Raiders of the Lost." Me too. Ark. It's a better title. And Doge, since this is your movie and you're driving the boat, about time you don't you have a question yeah. for me? Oh, Jordan, mm-hmm. can you synop this pop? <gasps> no, it's your job to do that always. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> Dang, I was really excited for a so second. Twisted. Hey, you know what? It's coming up all Doge. I'm still happy about it. You are, I'm gonna man. Give a, I'm going to give a good synopsis. That's going to be when we finally get merch. One of the shirts, one of those random ones when you scroll all the way to the bottom is going to say, it's coming, coming up, up all Doge. It's all Doge. coming up Doge. What's going to be the picture on that shirt? Probably Doge. me eating out of a trash can knowing you guys. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yep. Dude, you, know, you have no idea how much this is going to happen. <laughs> Anyways, it's just, size. it's just a black and white, like pointillism comic book style yes, image of dude. <laughs> eating out of a trash can. Just a bowl of trash cans that I'm eating. But uh, he is he is lumbering and looking over his back shoulder like Bigfoot. Yep. Yeah, cool guys. I'm Sasquatch. Big dumb Sasquatch. But wow. here we go. Josh here's, Squatch. Here's the Sasquatch synopsis. Nice. Indiana Jones, worst college professor of all time, <laughs> is on a quest to receive, to retrieve. The Ark of the Covenant, uh, the U.S. Army has uh, asked him to retrieve this for him, but he has to race against the minions of one Mr. Adolf Hitler mm-hmm. to get there first. Mm-hmm. Classic. Uh, that's it. I'm going to leave myself a little bit of room yeah. to play. I don't want to use up all the sand it's, in the sandbox It feels right like now. it is such, yeah, yeah. iconic a, enough that people know what's going on. Yeah. He's a Nazi-punching, plum-lunching figs. Dang it. It's embarrassing. That's okay. It's trying to go Plum on like lunch. a pretty fun word. It's trying to go on like a, a like a rhyme theme. That's okay. Yeah. Cool. So let's. How do you do? How do you start one of these discussions? Do you just say let's get going? Typically, I, yeah. I start with like a really thoughtful. I think um, actually, I think actually, what you do is you go, whew, man, let's get talking about it." So wow, that's didn't what know we that do. this was. <laughs> J1 impersonation. Sizzle that was me great. timbers over here. That one stings. <laughs> that one was good. Highest form uh, of flattery. So when uh, when was <laughs> when was the first time that you guys remember being introduced to this movie? I was a young boy. It, it's like for I mean it's it yeah. feels like it, I couldn't put a date on this, it because I can't put a date on when I was this two. Feels and three like one of those movies <laughs> that has always been with me. You know what I mean? Like oh, one of for those sure. that you always watch. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. You ready to rate it? <laughs> rate it, guys. <laughs> oh. Yeah, wow. Movies like that are incredible. <sighs> Man, let's get to talking about it. I want to talk a little bit about where this movie came from before we start talking Please. about it. Um, I did a lot of a lot of behind the scenes research. Uh this so you are you guys familiar with the 
the idea behind the conception of this movie. Yes. yes. Uh, this was a joint idea between Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. They were both on vacation on the same island in Hawaii. Love this story very Lucas much. Lucas was there after the success of Star Wars. He was kind of taking a break and hiding from the press. Spielberg was there after the success of Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which was almost my second Spielberg movie to choose. Mm -hmm. Tough. Um, but they were both there hiding from the press. And Lucas goes, hey, I have this idea for like a 1930s style serial adventure. Um, and it, it ended up being, he said, The Adventures of Indiana Smith, which is a big swing and a miss Ooh, from yeah. old George. Yeah, that's not the um, one. But yeah, so they, they worked together on this. They started it as... Uh, kind of inspired by James Bond. Um, a fun little thing that that happens in Indiana Jones 3, in, in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, uh, we find out that Indiana's childhood dog was named Indiana. George Lucas's dog was named Indiana. Love it. That's where that came from. George Lucas's dog, Indiana, was also the inspiration for Chewie because he would sit oh, in the passenger seat buckled good up. Good grief. So, so George's border collie, Indiana, gave us Chewbacca and Indiana Jones. Wow. That's huge. Weren't they building a sandcastle? I mean, there's there's a lot of lore around that conversation yeah, between it's, Spielberg it's and Lucas. Really, it's one of those pieces of Hollywood mythology, right? You know what I mean? Because Spielberg yeah. wanted to do, he wanted to direct a James Bond movie. Yeah, right? yes, yeah. And Lucas goes, "I've come up with a character better than James Bond in the way that only George Lucas can <laughs> yeah, over his own creation." <laughs> Doesn't it kind of feel like America's James Bond, though? It really does. Yeah, yeah, it does to me. Uh, minus the womanizing, but maybe that's what makes it like. I don't know. I would call him equally iconic. I think he's America's America's Ian Fleming's James Bond. Like he's the, he's America's novel James Bond. Sure. But in terms of movie spectacle, I still think Fast and Furious is America's James Bond. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. Well, well said. In terms of gadgets and just this is our national identity wrapped up as a I film. think I was focusing more on how huh? villains miss yeah. A lot. Yeah. Absolutely. It really does have that kind of pulpy, like, 1930s adventure oh, feel. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So another piece of that mythology is the... Are you guys familiar with the Indiana Jones tapes? Like, th this is, like, like actual, like, there's lore around this stuff in Hollywood. So there's apparently this super long taped conversation uh, between George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, and one of the producers of this film. And it's, like, six hours of tapes that oh they're gosh. just kind of shooting the breeze about, like, hey, what if he had a monkey that did the Heil Hitler salute? Or like, what if they like freed a bunch of slave children and had a had a chase in like a mine, like an underground mine? And it's all these ideas that would later go to flesh out the entire Indiana kind of Jones trilogy. Yeah. And I'm denying what the a, existence of the fourth sure. movie gift. If, that, if that's real, that's a gift to kind of have that thing almost like someone wrote in a notebook. Genuinely, they're, they're just like, they're there. They're kind of just spitballing like, what if he did this? What if he did this? What if he did this? And then the writer went away and said, okay, I'm going to take these, this set of ideas and this is going to become Raiders. Yeah. Yeah. What if he rode a raft off a cliff and landed in a river? Temple of Doom. What if? Yeah. It feels like such a what if. What if he wore a white tuxedo and was handsome as heck? Uh, okay. You baited me into this. I know. I've got to... Carter, I don't know if you've seen this photo of me. I know that Jordan has. A couple times. Senior year of high school, <gasps> I... I was. Are you pulling it up, Jordan? No. Oh, thank you. Ooh. I was. I was at a point in my life That's where things, be on the social media. things weren't quite coming up all Doge in the way that they have been over the sure. past seventy-two yeah, hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I went to the tuxedo rental place for prom, and I said, "Y'all remember Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom? <laughs> That's what I want." And I wore a white suit jacket to my senior prom. Yes, sir. And thought I looked great. 
Yes, sir. And actually did not. We're, we're definitely going to post this on social media. That's this is hidden in the shadows too long. So Indiana Jones, yeah. Indiana Jones definitely of the three movies that we've seen. A, because of when it was released. And then just kind of how long it's been a part of our lives. Feels like the kind of, you would dress like this for Halloween vibe. I did. I you did. Know? In the eighth grade, we had like character day at school. Yeah. And I went as Indiana Jones and I won the contest. I love it. So this is very much a part of my like life. like a homework pass. This is, we'll get to that in the end of the episode, but this is a part of my life in probably the biggest way possible. Much amazed, dude. Let's jump into the story. Let's do it. So we start, uh, we start in 1936. There's a prologue in South America. Uh, Indy is trying to retrieve a fertility idol from a temple. Yep. And he's accompanied by a very young Dr. Otto Octavius from Spider-Man 2. And the guy who's trying to hunt down Taylor Lautner in <laughs> abduction. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> yes, he's there. Um, he gets, uh, I'm going to give a brief overview of this sequence of the movie. The, the way I've divided my notes is kind of as if this was serialized. Yeah. So there's eight parts. I think there's eight kind of distinct chapters that we can talk through. So I'm going to give an overview of each chapter, and then let's talk about some of the stuff that happens in that. Love it. So chapter one is this prologue in South America. Uh, he's after this fertility idol. This is the iconic Indiana Jones scene where he weighs the sand in the bag uh, to try and match the weight there's of the idol. There's a lot of stuff. And I guess this was a James Bond thing, too. And we're not going to do a, a side-by-side comparison of the two the whole time. You're a big James Bond guy, right? Yes. But okay. was there ever a... Like a... I try. I tried to think of as I'm watching Raiders of the Lost Ark. What have I seen that this was influenced by, in at least some sort oh, of yeah. way? The but most for me, it's like traps, like yes. all the like the booby traps and stuff. I don't feel like I had seen that until Indiana Jones. I think Indiana Jones created a lot of that. The most recent thing uh, that is on all of our minds that we've seen influenced by this is Endgame, particularly the sequence from the beginning of the first Guardians. That's like a one for one of replacing the idol with a bag yep. of sand. Like that's yeah. we're supposed to get that vibe from that. But yep. this is among the most iconic sequences, probably in all of Hollywood, I would say. Which is why it's my super pump. Tell oh, me the why. whole first sequence. The whole first sequence. Nice. Is about it. Um, because so Callie had never seen Raiders before. And, really? Yeah, until really, right now. Really? Wow. And that's uh, awesome. A couple minutes in, she goes, I can't believe this is at the beginning. I said, What do you mean? She knows about. It. I mean, everybody knows yeah, about it. This. Really, even if you like... haven't seen Indiana Jones, you know about the boulder and the idol and the booby traps and like you know this. Yep. And I think for me, it starts with whipping the gun out of the hand at the lake. It's basically from that point on. Oh, in the silhouette. The yeah, the it's silhouette so great. It's yeah. so good. But th- I mean, rarely does a movie set the tone immediately in such a pitch yeah. perfect way. Yes. Um, and up until. Probably this morning, this was not going to be my super pump, but the more I've thought about it and reflected on it, like that this boulder is it. rolling, <clears throat> that's what I drove to uh, Casa de Chunk. Yeah. A Honda wow. Civic. That's actually how they got that noise. Did you hear really? about that? No. So they were trying a lot of things. They literally were, the sound crew was trying to roll boulders down a hill and what? we're trying to pick up the sound of that and it just wasn't happening. And they kind of had given up and they're all in their car and the Honda Civic on the way back and they're driving on pavement and. They're like, oh my gosh, this is the sound that we've needed. What Take the mic out, they... put it down by the tire as that Civic is driving, and that is your boulder. What it's a Honda Civic. Raiders of the Lost Ark won an Academy Award for sound and a special Academy Award for sound effects editing. Yeah, four, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. so there it is, Honda mm. Civic. Yeah, they did a lot of interesting stuff like that. There's a ton of Foley work that goes into the big special effects set piece at the very end of this film that we'll talk about in a couple of a couple of chapters. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep calling them chapters because I like that. But yeah. uh, we're going to talk about that soon. But um, 
Yeah, this really does feel like the kind of thing with how iconic it's become that it would be at the end of the movie. This feels like this would be at the same place in the story as Luke, I am your father is. You know what right. I mean? Like this is supposed to be the climax, but yeah. Sure. It really sets the tone of kind of a swashbuckling might be the appropriate word, it but, is, but almost like a whimsical adventure. You know what I mean? It yeah. does feel like swashbuckle. I mean, that brings to mind pirates, but like it yeah. totally does though. I think appropriately yeah. brings to mind pirates. Yeah. So at the last moment, Andy gets the idol snatched from him by a rival colleague, Renee Belloc. Renee. He's fantastic. Mm. Renee. Renee. Um, and so we're going to kind of track Indy and Renee's relationship through this movie. Uh-huh. They kind of are always bumping into each other. Right. Um, stealing each other's thunder. So we, from here we go to… And um, each other's idols. And each other's idols. So we get to the our first iconic map Love sequence. Um, and that's how I'm breaking these chapters up. In my yeah. mind, if this is a serialized production like was popular in the 30s… Um, then these map sequences are the breaks in the chapters. Yep. Um, and trying to come up with a modern analogy of what it would be like to moviegoers in the early 80s when something reminiscent of a serialized production comes out. We're looking at about a 50-year gap from there. Um, and I think to me, the closest analogy that I can find in my life is going to see La La Land in theaters. Oh, yeah. Where like, we're watching this and we're like, this is, this is made now and it's made to feel now but also intentionally made to feel 50 years ago. Yeah. Right. And there's a timelessness that comes with that. I think one of the things that I had forgotten, and, and that's almost the definition of timelessness, is I forgot it was in the 30s. Like, yeah. yeah. That Raiders of the Lost Ark was set in the 30s. Right. Uh, but it completely makes sense with the whole Adolf Hitler thing. Yeah. But kind of important. Yeah. Also, uh, what school, we're at the school now, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Our next chapter what, is Marshall What College. university are they filming at? I don't know where they're filming. I know it's, I couldn't find it's it. It's called Marshall College. In, it's beautiful. In as, yeah. in, as in West Virginia? I don't know. Huh. Could have been. Maybe. Uh, this is, so I'm a professor. Yes. Very much like what my classrooms are. Really? All the girls, girls are writing on their eyelids and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. No, it's definitely not. <laughs> but has Harrison Ford looked better? No. I dare say no. I dare say no as well. Even old Han Solo wouldn't look in this good. No way. Well, and that's that's something that's interesting to me is because uh, as much as I love Han Solo, and boy, howdy, do I, I think that Harrison Ford is more Indiana Jones to me. I think it's great that there can be an argument there because those are two of the most, some of the most iconic characters ever. Are, were you about time. to agree, Doge? I, I was about to just, I, I 100% agree, but that is wild because he was the second choice for Indiana Jones. I know. Uh, he he initially was very resistant to this part because he had just done a movie for George Lucas and he was like, I didn't want to become George Lucas's guy, just be in every single George Lucas movie. Uh, and so they were trying to cast Tom Selleck as Indiana Jones. Oh, yeah. That would have wild. Uh, but he ends he, up doing his own thing, right? Dundee or something? Not, not Crocodile Dundee. It was like, a, oh, I can't remember what the name of it was, but he had his own thing. Something that, similar. Is that the but, thing yeah. where he wears like the leopard thong? Ooh, I don't know. Yikes. Nope. It's pretty wild. Okay. Yikes. Cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I believe you. Uh, he couldn't get out of his television contract, though. They wouldn't mm. let him off the set of his TV show for long enough to go film Indiana Jones. Is he doing like Knight Rider right now or something? Wasn't it Magnum? It is Magnum, Peter. Oh. Yeah. Knight Rider was the Hoff. Oh, that was Hoff. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Both gorgeous. Both true, gorgeous true. men. Gorgeous, gorgeous boys. Harrison Ford takes the cake. I think. Yep, sure. Yeah, but, but I've spent more time with Han, and I probably have more emotions tied to Han, but when I think Harrison Ford... Oftentimes, Indiana Jones is what I'm seeing in my head. Yeah, so we're at we're at Marshall College now. It's solo for me, but again, close. Yeah, I think it's it's an equal toss up, uh-huh. like equally deserving of both. Sure. Yep. Um, we're at Marshall College now. Um, 
Indies students are openly flirting with him in something that's kind of weird. There's a, there's this this brings me to my super dump uh, in terms of this like weird kind of flirtatious thing going on with Indies students. There's a little bit I think of wish fulfillment. You know what I mean? There's a little bit of like he's just like I don't know. Maybe James Bond is the right comparison. This kind of like womanizing like yeah dude. I, I read I, I read that production made sure, and I think it was especially Spielberg who yeah. said he needs to have a little bit more uh, like Steve Rogers vibes to him. He didn't say yeah. that exactly, obviously, but like a yeah, little more Yeah, he wanted to make him an alcoholic instead of a womanizer. Right. Uh, which ultimately those elements didn't make it to the final draft of the script. The yeah. only scene in which that characteristic is kept is whenever he thinks that Marion has died. But Marion is actually who I want to talk about. They've had a prior relationship prior to the events of this movie. Yeah. Um, and according to the novelization of Raiders uh, and, and the timelines that they lay out in this movie, she was 15 and he was 26, which is feels like too large of a gap yep. Yep. for Wii Sports to be yep. on the table. Yep. Yeah. Um, and there's just an element of that that's like, man, even if it was at that point in the story, even if it was the 20s, that's still weird. And that still just feels It is. And nasty. it doesn't make it any better if someone doesn't notice that. But I feel like because we're critiquing a movie and this yeah. is like your movie, you're probably one of the only people that, that did that math. Yeah. But regardless, that doesn't mean it's okay. But, yeah. Um, I didn't even know that. I don't even think yeah. I tried to put that together. I just knew it was like one of his teachers or... Old flames. Yeah. yeah. Daughter. So Abner Ravenwood is a former colleague. Abner and, Ravenwood. Yeah. It's a pretty great name. Also a, great a former, name. Co- former colleague of Albus Dumbledore. Dumbledore. Yeah. yeah. What a Dumbledore. great name. Dumbledore. Orbis Dumbledore. But I'm getting ahead of myself. We're at Marshall College right now. And uh, Marcus Brody, the dean of the antiquities department, comes in to tell Indy that the army is here to talk for, talk to him. Uh, they're, uh, hey, the army's outside? Uh, the army's, army's here? here. They want to say some few things. Um, so we we get the the explanation of the Ark of the Covenant. We get that it's in the lost city of Tannis in some place called the script calls it the Well of Souls. Harrison Ford keeps saying the Well of the Souls, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I think I think Indy's right. I mean, had yeah. I been on set, I would have said, "Hey, Harrison, you got one too many articles. You got to say it. You got to say it right." Um, but yeah, uh, is there anything we want to talk about here? No, this it is, just kind of lays this out is kind the. Of the yeah, there's a lot of stuff, and I think it's. I wish I could trace back what the first movie that did this was is, with the plot moving as quickly as it does in an adventure movie. It's just ba boom, nobody's ba-boom. nobody's yeah. gonna be like, oh, for real? You're yeah. just gonna sit there and talk about all those things? Oh, I did appreciate. That they I didn't had... like how he opens that book to the page. Yes, that's weird. So I, I had an issue with that. Are we including uh, back at his house before he takes off on the plane? Yeah, in this, this is suit? everything that happens in the United he States. He throws a loaded gun across the room into a suitcase. Well, he's supposed yeah. to be saying like that's making a I point. Know, yeah. I know. I know. I know, yeah. but yikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I liked his house. Yeah, he's got he's a nice house. Great house. Real nice house. His robe looks so velvety soft. It does, that look, I wish soft. I had it does it. look like a soft um, robe. Do you guys, this is a little aside from our reviewing, do you guys have robes? No. I do. What is your What is your thought on your robe? Um, it's a Batman robe, and I will typically wear it on a particularly cold morning. Okay. I'm a robe guy all day long if I'm home and don't have to work. Okay. But it's it. I have one that it's like made of like really soft like. Does it look exactly like, like really soft towel material? <laughs> it doesn't, but it's cut very similarly. Okay. Except okay. mine has a hood, but it's very comfortable and very warm. And my wife makes very much fun of me. Um, Do you wear the hood? Sometimes, if it's, <laughs> if it's <laughs> cold, awesome. if I'm cold, I wear the hood. Of course, 
Um, yeah, opinions on robes aside. Uh, now we're <laughs> now we're flying to Nepal. Uh, we're going to Marion's bar. I'm assuming mm. she's the bartender there. That's not she, really I think made she's clear the in this. In the yeah, so we're fun going to, scene. Going to Marion's bar. A lot of bar. fun. Here's Love our, the drinking and sets scene. up a cool moment later. Yeah. yeah. Here's our introduction to Marion. Um, Marion is shown the way that we meet her is she's about 26 shots deep <laughs> for real in this drinking That's game so much. against all these Nepalese guys. Uh, and then this is when uh, I believe his name is Admiral Tote. T O H T. The really, really unfortunate-looking German dude. Yeah. This is when he shows up. Mm. <laughs> he just does that, that every guy. time he talks. <laughs> I would love to have a shot of tequila. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. Don't like him. It's rough. It's as, a tough a, one. as a character or just the performance? Uh, as a character, he's like slimy and he needs to be and stuff like that. My super dump. Boy, they don't do accents well in this movie. They really no, don't, they super do they? Don't. Balak. Like, doesn't no. sound French. No. Nobody sounds German. No. And they do for, like, a word. And I'm so picky about stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, um, nine. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Schnell. Schnell. <laughs> it's just not. And yeah. it was, it was, of course, it doesn't take away a lot. But at some points, it does. Yeah. And it, and it kind of makes them all, let's have an interesting conversation. Sure. Because okay? we've kind of met, outside of the the German soldier, general, whatever yeah. the, that other guy is, is like the two parts of this three-headed monster that is the villain, the protagonist of a Spielberg movie, antagonist of a Spielberg movie. Are there any... Do you think, Doge, I'm coming to you as the Spielberg okay. expert, are Spielberg's most famous villains not even human? Hmm. Because he doesn't do really layered human villains from what I can right. think of. The top two villains I can think of are the T-Rex and Jaws. Which ultimately is like a... Would you say the T-Rex is maybe the villain? Maybe the Raptors. Is, is Hammond the villain of the right, movie? Right, but, but if I make Hammond the villain, then I've... it's not, why, do, why does he not have as much depth as the big dinosaur? Yeah. I think Spielberg's gift is entities as villains rather than people. Sure. Jaws, the shark, is a great villain because he can focus on the force behind it. The T-Rex yep. is a great villain, quote-unquote, because he can focus on the force behind it. You look at something like Saving Private Ryan, yeah. and it's, yeah, it's yeah. the Nazis. It's, it's, it's the Axis. It's, it's World War II. Yep. And um, you look at, like, um, I don't know, I don't want to jump ahead for other movies later, but like I feel like oftentimes it is an agency or sure. a creature or an entire group of people make that he is skilled at making compelling as villains. Yeah. I think the conflict comes from, it's not necessarily always tracking to a man-v-man -man conflict. Yeah. Uh, I think it comes from putting our characters in situations where they that are inescapable, where there's something constricting on them, whether it's time, whether it's an oppressive force, there's something that's pushing our characters to action. Yep. And the push itself oftentimes manifests as the villain in the narrative. Yeah, I love it. I and, it's, and, and the main point of bringing this up too was not as a, like to expose Spielberg. Oh, now <laughs> people know the truth. He can't do a good villain. Right. I think it's just because, I don't think we think about it. Just yeah. because with plot, the, the plot still develops. There's still an arc. Things happen. Exactly. And it's such a focus on the hero too. And what's funny is with the Indiana Jones series, I don't think any of these movies 
Indy kills the the villain gets killed by their own greed, yeah. right? They get killed uh-huh. by themselves, and I wonder how often that happens yeah. with Spielberg. There's something about these indie movies too that feels very broad strokes, like paint it in broad strokes in a way that's intentionally very reminiscent of those 1930s serialized yeah. productions, yeah, for sure. But that was just an aside there that started with saying how much I don't like the accents. So the main thing that happens here is that Marion's bar gets exploded. Uh, and it does. It gets, so gets half of the amulet. Uh, half of the head of the staff of Ra yeah. burned onto his Potentially hand. the worst acted and shot scene in the entire movie from front <laughs> it's, to back. It's pretty rough. It was almost my super dope because of how, like, he yes. basically was just like, ah! Yes. It's pretty, like, it's a Pee Wee Herman yell. <laughs> and he holds onto the amulet for 10 full seconds. Right. See, stuff like that, I, I agree that's bad. Stuff like that is part of the charm of this no, movie to me. No, I completely agree oh, with yeah. you. There's stuff that is bad and does it, not hold up. This and is it's the charming oh, sure. If it had come out today... I would say, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. But because it is what it is, I am easily, I don't even want to say willing, completely able to look and go like, yeah, yeah. it's Indiana Jones. It's great. Exactly. Boy, and Spielberg is such a kid. Yes. He fought a lot of, this is one of the, one of his most famous movies of not having like a big time, like child actor as one of the yeah. protagonists. Um, but it's so fun. With, I see it in the choreography. The fact that a flaming log, when it hits a Nepali person, sparks yeah on the head you know just like yeah. fun stuff like that it's like real slapsticky it feels oh, light yeah when like, we get the mirror later when she flips the mirror and yeah. it hits him in the jaw i'm like, pretty sure we heard the actual like sound yeah. when fists hit faces yeah like, uh, won an academy award for that it's yeah. all foley yeah like, the only the only pre-existing sound they used was the wilhelm scream yeah, I was yep. actually going to bring that up later. I yeah. love, I love the Wilhelm scream. Yeah, I love whenever and I, I it comes think it, up. It feels everything feels light, and I know we're kind of spending a lot of time in Nepal, probably longer than the movie actually spends in Nepal. <laughs> but uh, it feels kind of light, and it feels kind of airy, and like there's not a ton of stakes. I think until the very end, when things flip on their head, yeah, uh, and spoilers, they open the arc. And that feels very much the same way, reminiscent of La La Land to me, in which we play with these tropes of these like big silver screen musicals. And then we have a scene in the dining room where that's all of a sudden we're watching a 2018 drama, 2017 drama movie at that point. Right. You mean um, like in the kitchen? Yeah, yeah, When yeah. they have a fight? Exactly. Yeah. At the table. Um, anyway, so Indy, uh, Indy leaves Nepal and he goes to Cairo, Egypt. And, and the rest of our movie really takes place in the Middle East. Um, but before he goes to Cairo, Egypt, he takes a quick stop off somewhere that's very special to the three of us. Jordan, do you want to tell us where he stops off? Well, you know, his uh, his plane touches down uh-huh. right off the coast yeah. of where we record shout announcements. Whoa! What? It's time! Uh, welcome to Shout Announcements, uh, part of the show where we give shout outs. No, you can't keep doing You can't uh, stop. You can't. Making out. <laughs> First announcement that we want to give is a shout out. <laughs> Great, we were so ready. <laughs> want to give a shout out to Waxface and Tyler Station. We often drink your coffee, and we're often in you in doing your, our podcast. In you. Such as, and so forth, right now. <laughs> Isn't he from Gullah Gullah Island? Inya, Inya, Polywog? Yes. Inya, Thanks, guys. Inya. Ew. Uh, <laughs> is that not how you do it? I think it, is it probably it. is. It just <laughs> Trying to change it up with our Inya jokes. It like struck me. It struck me. Also want to give a big old shout out to Podbean. That's .com. We pay you money. We put stuff on you. And that stuff is this podcast. Podbean. Podbean. That's .com. That's .com. Hey, thanks for those rates and reviews. Hey, speaking of reviews. 
We coach Doge through that one. He goes, and speaking. And speaking. So speaking of reviews, there's one special review that I would like to shout out from Andrew M. Franco. Mm. Dave and uh, James' James's brother. little brother. That's the one. And it says, listen, period, two, period, this, period, podcast, period. Wow. I'm trying to emphasize wow, that. Perfect. I've been following this podcast for over a year, but I'm just now getting around to reviewing because I always listen during my commute and I didn't want to end up on the news for causing a 10-car pileup while Responsible. typing. Hey, good call. Thank you for that. I feel like I'm actually in the room with them every episode I listen to. It's like every time I see a movie with friends and discuss it in the parking lot afterwards. Funny thing, that's how this started. Yes. That is A little aside. Except these guys actually know things about <laughs> filmography and screenwriting. <laughs> Plus, they're a lot funnier than my friends and I. Now, Andrew, don't say that. Mm, I'm Andrew, sure your I friends bet are you're funny. funny. Andrew, what if your friends hear this? <laughs> oh, no, Andrew. Oh, dang, Uh-oh. Andrew. Oh, Andrew. Andrew, uh, everybody but Andrew never share mind. our this show with your friends. Fandrew M. Ancro. <laughs> Thanks, Fandrew. Fandrew. They'll never know it was boy. you. Um, y'all enjoying this series so far? I am Only loving the most. this. We're about, we're, we're so about halfway through. It, it's too fast. It is a little too fast. All That's not an announcement for a Fast no, Furious movie it's not. yet. But can we talk about what's happening next? I'd love if you did. Can I? So Ridley Scott returns. Mm. Mm. The Ridley return of Ridley returns. Scott. Ridley Scott 2. Ridley the Scott return 2. Of Ridley. The, the return, return of Ridley. The return of Ridley. Um, there's a fun return thing that's about to happen where our... Podcast is about to get real, real, real out of this world. Yes, that it is. is we'll say. very true. Um, Alien is going to be the next movie that we review. Oh, yeah. And boy, do I uh, really respect this film. And so I I'm, I'm really movie, excited man. to see it. Yes. Um, obviously, a recommendation. And just as Andrew was saying, like watching these movies, uh, it, it didn't have to be an in theater movie for you to enjoy that movie. I think 90% or more of the movies we talk about are stuff that's already out there. So, yeah. Go hunt it down and find it. Um, we're going to try and do a better job of telling you people uh, when we or how we're watching these movies, like Indiana Jones, like Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's on Netflix. Netflix. Right on Netflix. And so um, we'll let you know about Alien next week. But Alien will be next, and that'll be my last my last uh, little mm. gift I bring to the table from, from Sir Mr. Ridley Scott. Yeah, so we accidentally, as Carter was saying, kind of ended up all three choosing... Yeah. Alien-related movies yeah. from our respective directors, completely separate from one another. And all very different. Yes. So this is going to be yeah. so fun. Before we move on from Alien, uh, I use an app called Real Good, R-E-E-L, Good, uh, that tells you where you can stream stuff. So according to Real Good, you can rent or buy Alien on Vudu, Amazon Prime Video, and iTunes. If you want to watch it to hear our review... That's your three options to check yeah. out this movie. And Digitally. those rents are usually about $4. Yeah. Digitally, yeah. It's like and you'll need to watch it within 48 um, hours most of the time. I do plan on picking up, there's a 4K re-release of this that's like 15 bucks right now. I do plan on picking that up because I do love this movie. I'm very excited to talk about it next Fine. week. And there's a reason that this is the second half of this series for us because I really think with what we've done with The Wizarding World and what we've done with Middle Earth, we're about to yeah. go to outer space. And I think These it's are the bangers, be, I think. Yeah. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So be on the lookout. Before we hop on our plane and fly on our big map to the next point of our Indiana Jones adventure, we do want to please tell you to rate and review our podcast if you enjoy this entertainment, and we hope you do. Mm. It's very easy to tell us that you do. You can leave us a rating and review on the iTunes store. Please. Listen, we are 56 reviews away from our goal of 200 reviews by October. Yep. This is within our grasp. We can reach it. I can reach out and touch it with my regular size arms. So it's very close to us. Yeah. So a a fun way that I know, and it's an impressive way, 
that I know that there's a lot of people out there to review. Like if you've listened to it, you could review it. Yeah. So here's the thing. Of everyone who's downloaded, uh, Avengers Endgame was a big episode for us. Yeah, naturally. So 144 reviews is just about 20% representation of just the download and listenership of one episode that we've posted. So I know you're out there. If you can hear us. Clap twice. Clap twice. Rate and review. While you're there on the iTunes store, it's super easy. There's a button that says subscribe. Go on ahead and click that, please. Favorite button in the world. Favorite button in the world is that subscribe button. Right uh, up there with that vanilla DP button at Sloshkies <laughs> with that, that fancy future machine. So what's How that? often are you going to Sloshkies? Dude, way more often than you think. Really? I love the schla. Do you really? Interesting. Big time, Yikes, boys. let's talk about that later. But what this subscribe button does is this will let you be the first to get new Two Chunks and a Hunk content. The Ooh. iTunes store, the iTunes store, hey, hey, Tim Cook, if you're listening, Tim Apple, our good friend, if you're listening, please don't take offense to this. The iTunes store sometimes can be slow to update, but if you push that subscribe button, the second that one of our episodes goes live, it is downloaded to your preferred listening device. True. And now it's time to go back to the show. So from Nepal. Okay. You got to say it. And we're back. So from (laughs) Nepal, (laughs) we hop on a plane, we head to Cairo, Egypt. And this is where the the majority of the rest of our story takes place. That's Uh, true. Basically, long story short, in Cairo, Indy discovers that the Nazis have somehow beat him to the hidden city of Tanis. Uh, They have, turns out they've been using the the burn marks on Admiral Tot's hand uh, to create a duplicate head of the Staff of Ra. Uh, interesting thing when Indy's talking to that like old dude about how tall the staff should be, mm-hmm. that math works out to about five feet tall. And then later when Indy's holding the staff, it's close to 10 feet tall. So textually and canonically, Indiana Jones is just under four feet tall. Yeah, I <laughs> and mean, everyone that's, he's that's fighting gonna, is very short. end up being why this is a just a rent for me. I'm sorry, <laughs> I hate to move. Uh, but yeah, while we're here in Middle Egypt, this is Middle Egypt. <laughs> You know, Middle Egypt, right not there, upper or lower right Egypt, about but the just center the, of Egypt, the very center of Egypt. That's where this, Mordor is. This is whenever we get the uh, the iconic the car chase thing with Marion in the basket. Indy believes Marion to be dead at the end of all this. There's a lot of set piece that happens here, and not a lot of plot that mm. happens here. Uh, the important things that happen in Cairo are. Um, go ahead. Are you going to pass my super pump? I Uh-oh. I might have been about to pass your super pump. <laughs> oh, please don't. So we have Indy chasing, looking for Marion. We do. It's fun. Well, first of all, have y'all been to Hollywood Studios in Orlando? Yeah. Have. have you seen that Indiana Jones thing that yes, they have there? Yes, it's fantastic. It's gone now. No, it's not. Is it really? No, I, I saw thought... it. I saw it, but two months ago. Really? I thought it was going away. I don't think it is. Hopefully, it's here to stay. It might be leaving California, but it's Maybe definitely it. in Florida. Um, so there's a scene, and we get this massive, not four foot tall, but like eight foot tall looking... Like Egyptian yes, dude yes. with a massive sword. This mm. guy. Swinging that thing around. And Indiana Jones just simply takes out his gun and shoots him. Yep. There's so many reasons. This is, is my super pump, but we don't have that much left in the podcast. This to me is so Spielberg. I love the humor of it. Yes. This to me is, if I was to give you the drip of what Harrison Ford is yeah. to cinema... This is that. This is this scene. This is exactly. That. The fact that, I mean, if you 
look behind the curtain. Everybody got sick, but Spielberg on this. And yeah, because he just brought cans of SpaghettiOs. Interesting that that's you all said, he ate on what set. On earth? You said this is the drip because he was sick with dysentery. <laughs> hey, hey, now he was dripping. That's gross. Let's not confuse what my super pump is for. From the butt. <laughs> but they were all really sick. Harrison Ford was exhausted trying the scene. He's supposed to get the whip eventually and get the sword out of this dude's hand. This guy was on one of the posters, like on a lot of the original posters because this was going to be a big deal. This would be a moment. But all it is is he just shoots him right there. And he's like, why don't we just shoot the guy? And Spielberg's like, that's perfect. Yeah. Super pump. I love this scene. This, this, This ends up being... Man, it's just a, such a Harrison Ford thing. It's such an Indiana Jones thing. And I love Very it. Very much. So much. It's one of my favorite last-minute improvisational mm-hmm. made-it-to-film things ever. And I, and I think it nails that perfect bullseye of humor in an action movie where it is funny, but it is also exactly how that should go down. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Spielberg's got a lot of movies with iconic lines in them as well. Do you know... Little fun fact: What one of the most iconic lines, Spielbergian lines, is that was improvised? No, we're gonna need a bigger boat. Interesting. Did not know those improvised. Ad libbed. That's incredible. Love it. Anyways, Interesting. Super. Uh, so, so this this sequence in Cairo, Egypt. This is the the chase through the streets. This culminates in Indy believing Marion is dead. This is kind of our middle chapter. If we're looking at this as serialized entertainment, this is our middle chapter. So this is about halfway through. If you compare it to a season of television, yeah. this is your halfway episode. This is episode four or five. A bunch of stuff happens and it's a big action set piece episode. And then our next episode is Tannis, the Well of Souls. The Nazis have been digging in the wrong place. Indy and his good friend Gimli uh, <laughs> descend into uh, the actual Well of who's, Souls. Whose accent, by the way, pretty good. Isn't that his real voice, though? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's good. <laughs> That's fair. Doesn't Harrison matter. Ford's got a great American accent, too. So, so not all the accents are <laughs> so that bad. I think you don't know about accents, Carter. Um, yeah. <laughs> but they descend into the actual Well of Souls uh, with so many snakes. So many uh, snakes. Many of which are actually cut-up garden hoses. Yep. Could tell. No because, way. Because, could tell. Because they couldn't get enough snakes. They <laughs> Some got, of those are legless lizards. So that's the story. They got all the snakes, and Steven Spielberg was like, that's not enough snakes. And they're like, well, we got these legless lizards, and they put them in there, and he's like, that's not enough snakes. And they're like, well, we have these garden hoses. And he was like, perfect, cut them up. So a lot of these are, are garden hoses on the on the floor of the Well of Souls. Love um, it. But they retrieve the actual ark. Uh, there's a fun little Easter egg in the carvings, the hieroglyphics on the wall. Yeah. There's a hieroglyphic, hieroglyphic of... R2, D2, and C3PO there. Mm-hmm. Love it. As a, also, a George Lucas. we haven't really spent any time on it. We don't need to necessarily, but one of my favorite character aspects of Indiana Jones is his fear of snakes. Oh, yeah. I just yeah. think that is such a fun cripple to it. have. Like a, it's such set a fun up in the very beginning with Jock's snake. Yeah, yes. in the uh, plane. His name is, oh, what's his name? It's like a person's name. Oh, Big it's snake. Reggie. Reggie. It's Reggie. <laughs> because he's a Yankee. He's wearing a Yankees cap. Ah. Okay. And a uh, very famous Yankee. Reggie. Outfielder. Reggie the Yankee. Reginald the Yankee. I'm not going to go into it because y'all make me sad with Reggie your lack of sports no, knowledge. No, I love Reggie the Yankee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just love why they have to be snakes. I think it's perfect. It's exactly how I would feel if I had to turn around with 40 tarantulas on my back. Oh. Like at the yeah. beginning of oh. the movie. Yeah, no I, thanks. I, there's not a paycheck high enough. I'll tell you that. Oh, <laughs> man. Uh, so Indy gets gets uh, essentially caught in the Well of Souls. Catched. Uh, catched in the Well of Souls. Very good, Jordan. Uh, and he he's down there. He has to escape with Marion. Um, they fight their way out of the Well of Souls. This is kind of, the movie gets set piece heavy here. So to keep the plot moving, they fight their way out of the Well of Souls and then we get our confrontation on the, uh, at the kind of the aircraft base. Wait, right? though. 
So is it Salah? Salah, yeah. When Salah comes down and they take off that massive, likely two-ton yes, exactly. stone lid. And they lift the Ark of the Covenant out of there, yeah. So here's our Oscar, another Oscar moment. You know what that is? Have you ever had where your toilet is starting to overflow and you're like, shoot, I got to reach in there and take the little balloon thing out? So yes. The sound of the top of your toilet just coming off. That was opening the arc? Yes, sir. Wow. Like opening the stone, yeah. the stone plate. The, the arc stone part. That's so How great. How fun That's is that? That's brilliant, actually. Yes. Uh, and then also, I just have to throw it out there. Yeah. When Indy pushes out a brick from an Egyptian pyramid. Yes. Yes. <laughs> See, Amazing. The, like, I, I know, but it's not like a... I don't want to just give this movie a pass because... I mean, I said it on the last episode. This is my favorite movie of all time. Sure. I don't want to just give it a pass because I like the movie, but sure. at the same time, like I want to give it a pass on stuff like that because it's made to reference those old serials. Oh, it's you know part I mean? of the charm. Yeah. 100%. Very much part of the charm. Um, so now we're on... Uh, we're at the plane takeoff, right? And then we're, we're fighting and Big Dude gets... Chopped and diced. Famous right. British so, wrestler at the time. We have we have famous kind British wrestler of, big dude. We've kind of skipped something important. Okay. Which is that Marion is alive. Marion is alive. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's alive. She's alive. And I um, think they didn't know what to do with her in the middle of this movie. I'm not a fan of the way they treat Marion in the middle of this movie. So this is my super dumb. Okay. Um, the scene with her in the dress and um Belloc. Belloc. Oh, it, it is just so strange. It's real um, wee sportsy. It's it is real wee sportsy, and I don't I don't have a problem with Marion as a character being beautiful, and I don't have a problem with with her knowing she's beautiful and using that to get out of a life threatening situation. Yeah, to me it was just like, but why the though is this how this is playing out? Yeah, and it felt I don't know it felt like it was filling a quota. Yeah, versus yeah. serving the story, and it stood out to me in a very poor way. Did it feel like it served the narrative in the same way that like taking stops at objectification station in Fast and Furious does? It's not that bad to me. Um, I know it's not, not that You're that, asking Fast and Furious to have a narrative. That's true. It's not that inventive in terms of content, but of, in terms of like, there's no real reason for this. Yeah, It felt sure. similar to that to me. Well, and I think you could have told the story of trying to escape during the drinking game without put on this Dress sure, I and found it's not as Egypt. blatant as 007 movies where the people's names are like Wii Sports Galore. Yeah, you yes, know? that's true. But I just wanted but to say also, Wii Sports Galore. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so famous British wrestler Big Boy gets chopped and diced by the propeller. He gets, he gets ninja'd. He hey, does. that is... It's a slap chop. Pretty rough. Oh, yeah. I, You know what? Chelsea, my wife, is one of those that can just like... Stuff gets burned in her brain if she sees something scary. Yeah. Or that just totally stands out. And I had forgotten. I was like, babe, you want to watch Raiders of the Lost Ark with me? You know, classic. Like TCM would show it unedited. You know, that kind of stuff. And she's like, yeah. And then we for- like, I forget. Even in the beginning with like spikes through your boy, like through Doc Ock and like yeah. all this kind of stuff. It's terrifying. Yeah, there's some so, some brutal imagery in this movie. Yes. This movie is as explicit as a PG-13 movie was allowed at the time. It was almost um, R, yeah? yeah. Did they have R yet? They did have R. They had R. Oh, they did? When we get to the end, uh, oh, well, they... let's just skip to the end. Let's. We don't need to talk a whole lot about the U-boat scene, although somehow Indy stayed on the top of a submarine while it went underwater all the way from Egypt to the Aegean Sea. That was an actual like World War II like, holding station for... That's wild. Yeah, it was like so intact. They were like, oh, this is basically a set. We'll yeah. use this. And Indiana Jones held his breath the entire time. The whole on top time. of the boat. Yeah. Uh, also, I had completely blocked this part of the movie out of my memory. When they're getting on the boat with Sala's friend, Marion kisses him on the lips, and then Sala turns around and sings a really loud, bad song. And it's so weird. 
yeah. it was almost my super dump in terms of just like <laughs> that that felt to me very similar to when Tote grabs the amulet and it like burns in his hand and she's like, wait, what? why did you do this? That's weird. But yeah. anyway, anyway, uh so are you guys cool with skipping to opening the arc? I'm cool with that. Sure. I do want to say something that stood out to me in terms of the writing. I really do like uh Belloc when he talks with Indiana and this was actually back in Cairo I think when he uh, gets in the way again and the monkey is there and yeah. Abu which is the same guy who does the voice of Abu who does the little monkey noises because no they had to have way. a little high, high Hitler yeah. Heil Hitler type thing yeah that's amazing guy. bad dates yeah um, but the conversation that they had was pretty cool and had some layers to it in terms of like you are one bad decision away from just being me yeah like look at how similar we are um, if, if you're just a little bit more selfish you become the the antagonist. And yeah. so I thought that was kind of cool. And I, I like thought that that, that was, yes, I think that's had great. some depth to it. And I really appreciated it's it. It's kind of an unusual amount of depth for Indiana Jones. Yeah, it like was. It's, it's real and that's, I think that's why it stood yeah. out to me. Have, so. we, have we skipped past the truck scene of chasing down? We have. Yeah, chasing down in, the arc. one of my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, just real quick, the entire sequence of Indy, uh, one of my favorite juxtapositions of Indy versus a normal man is. Um, when Indy jumps out of the front of the truck or gets thrown out of the front of the truck, grabs yeah. the front, climbs underneath, comes back around, and then the guy tries to do the same thing. Love it. Yeah. And gets immediately run over. And it's so just much. such a good example of like Indiana Jones is beyond what normal men yeah. are capable of. Right. You know, He's like, a pulpy 1930s action hero. Exactly. Yeah. Please tell me if I'm skipping over any action set pieces. No, I just no, wanted no, to no. talk about yeah. the trucks because I love I love the truck You chase. love trucks. So I'm, big, I'm truck a big truck boys. head. So fun. Opening the arc, right? The Nazis have Indy and Marion captured. They're tied to a pole and they're forcing them to watch as they open the arc. Uh, Belloc's put on some traditional Hebrew priest stuff. He's doing like a Out blessing, of scripture. I mean, blessing some over of the arc. Yeah. yeah, as they open it. Um, this whole sequence is my super pump. Okay. I, I distinctly remember, I think I caught this young enough when I saw it for the first time. I think I was probably in fourth or fifth grade the first time I watched this movie. Um, so it's not had as not been as omnipresent in my life as like Star Wars or superhero movies or something like that. But I distinctly remember that I have I had seen nothing like this when I watched this for the first time, and I think I was able to experience it in a similar way to people the first time that this came out in in eighty one was it? Uh, but, yeah, I think so. Uh, the the special effects and the creativity used to achieve those results. Um, to me, is the reason why this sequence still holds up. It looks a little cheesy. It doesn't look 100% great. Sure. But I think it's still absolutely 100% holds up. We talked about the rating of the movie uh, a while ago. Yeah. Um, whenever Belloc's head explodes, in the first cut of this movie that, that Spielberg and Lucas sent to the MPAA, they didn't have a pillar of fire in front of his head. And so this movie received an R rating. Uh, PG-13 had not been invented yet. PG-13 would be invented two years later, actually because of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Uh, there was not a way to, and not a way to soften the heart scene, uh, and so well, they just that, said it was that in Gremlins is what I've read. So they've said we just have to invent a new rating, yeah. and it's called PG thirteen. But the reason this movie is PG and not R is because of that one tongue of fire in front of Belloc's head as it explodes. Interesting, which just to kind of obscure view. Yeah, I mean, it feels like in Kill Bill when it goes to black and white when yeah she's just chopping to hide up all a the bunch blood. of people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the way they did a couple of these things, they uh, and I find this kind of practical effects infinitely more interesting than digital effects. Like, oh, for sure. I'm a I'm a sucker for something like the Hulk. It with, feels more creative. Smeagol, but yeah. this practical stuff is so cool to me. Uh, they had uh, puppets that they drug underwater 
for the angels that come out of the ark. Yeah. That's an actual woman uh, who's underwater that then turns into that like angel of death. Um, for the head that implodes of the German guy, they made a plaster and rubber model of his head and then quickly sucked the air out of it and played that back at fast motion. Interesting. Um, for uh, for Tote's head that ex- that melts <laughs> yeah. off, which that's is that's the iconic one. Incredibly to me. gruesome to me. Uh, that's a plaster head under a heat lamp played back at like really, really fast motion. So that just slowly dripped and they played it at like 600% speed or something like that. Whoever but, was in charge of having to be there for that long drawn out process. Real. Sorry. Uh, in terms of special effects, we didn't talk about this in The Well of Souls, but the, they, won a, they won an Oscar for sound design, sound editing, special effects sounds. Uh, the, the sound of the snakes crawling over each other. Do you guys know what that was? It's disgusting. No. Somebody was running their fingers through cheese casserole. What is cheese casserole? I want to eat it because I love cheese casserole. It's good. There's going to be potatoes in there too, probably. Done. Easy. Running Uh, their fingers through cheese casserole for snakes. What's funny is like that's gross, but also it makes me think of a recipe that's been handed down in my family. It's called Ermgard casserole because this old lady named Ermgard gave it to us when my dad was pastoring in an old West Texas town. It is potatoes, diced, diced, tiny diced, lots of cheese in there. And then the top layer is just corn crisps. Like Fritos? No. Like like cornflakes. Oh, 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 oh. There's so much goodness in there, dude. Hey, There's that like sour cream. Awesome. Hmm. Oh my goodness. I need it right now. That sounds awesome. And I bet if you ran your fingers through it, it, it would sound, sound like snakes, sound like snakes yeah. obviously. Uh, so we open the ark. Uh, Indian Marion escaped the judgment of God by closing their eyes. As most do. As most do. <laughs> um, what else do we do? We want to talk about anything else in this ark scene. I mean the the sky looks so cool. The those are all matte paintings, by the way. It's and not then a real sky. the the fiery tornado, the fiery cyclone, makes me think of Exodus. Yeah, uh, which was another way to get away the Roman army, oh, Roman army, Egyptian army, um, to to protect the Israelites and stuff. And so this was it all felt kind of biblical, a, a yeah. mass, Very much. like a biblical proportion, appropriately so. Yeah, effects. Yeah. So um, no, I don't think there's anything else. That's something that stood out to me. And, yeah. Continues to. It seemed like so when the when the fire rushes over all the bodies, were those just like figurines? It yeah, felt like just, just a small, like a miniature yep. type thing. But uh, they did a lot of stuff. When the fire rushes through the canyon, that's a miniature. Yeah. So they're they're like about the size of army men. Uh, Super cool. Wow. Lots of miniature work for that island in the middle of the ocean. Love it. Yeah. So from here we go to Washington, DC. Uh the Ark of the Covenant is kept in a government warehouse. Uh Indiana Jones has a gray hat now. And he and Marion are walking down the steps of the United States Capitol. Uh, very, very small ending to an otherwise large story. Yeah, but that walk of that box into the room full of other boxes is yeah. I mean, ominous. Ominous and iconic. Yeah. I think it feels that's, a lot like Citizen Kane's ending. Too. Yes. So you mentioned Citizen Kane, uh, widely heralded as the best film ever made. Uh, this movie in 1999 was included in the U.S. Library of Congress's National Film Registry as culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. Hmm. Love it. So Raiders ranks up along like like this is nationally recognized as like, hey, here is this is not the pinnacle. This is close to the pinnacle of American filmmaking. It's cool. Like if we were to say if we were to shoot this into space for the second half of our series, this would be a good representation of like, hey, here's if what aliens picked it up. Here's what movies can do. <laughs> Um, and I think that's please why I, don't kill us. Please don't kill us. Here's what movies are. Yes. You know, it's funny when you talk about like the significance of, and sometimes when some of that stuff is ranked, IMDb has a top 
ranked uh, movies of all time. Yeah. Uh, if you'll remember, number 48 was Gladiator. Number 47 is Raiders of the Lost wow. Ark. That's Ooh. awesome. You dog. I love you just, just a little bit silly better. boy. <laughs> I'm going to pick one that's just one better than Alien for next time. <laughs> but that's it. That's Raiders. The Lost Ark has been raided. Indiana Jones is back teaching college, probably, up until he goes on a cool adventure with his dad in a few years. And forgets about Miriam completely. No. She come back. Uh, she come back in Kingdom. Kingdom. Mm. Temple of Doom is a prequel. It's set a few years prior to this one. Mm. That's it. What do we do now? We're, we talked about the movie. What do we do now? Well, it's time for me to take the wheel again. Thank goodness. Thank you. Jeez. Uh, let's rate this movie using science. You familiar? I know I am. The Scientific Cinema Scale created by us for you to rank movies, and it is perfect and as follows. The best thing we can ever say about a movie is own it, don't lend it, buy Buy that poster. poster. The next best thing we can ever say about a movie, that's buy it, followed by rent it, and then stream it, and then forget it. And last, but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. God God has melted our Nazi faces off. Doge, would you like to go first? I would. This movie is an easy own it, don't lend it, buy that poster for me. This is, I've already said it a couple of times, this is my number one favorite movie of all time. Uh, Raiders is the reason that I like movies. Uh, I think it hit me at the perfect time in my life. When I first watched it, I was probably 10 or 11. Awesome. Uh, and I'd never seen anything like it. And this this really showed me, and, and we were joking about Send It to Aliens, but this showed me this is what movies are. And like, this is what movies can do. This is the adventure. This is the fun that you can have with a movie. Um, and, and I 100% credit my love of movies, my passion for storytelling and narrative craft, even what I do for my job, 100% I credit all of that to Raiders of the Lost Ark. Amazing. Awesome. Love it. Um, I'm going to give it a, I'm going to call it a buy it for me. Um, I really love this movie. It is a movie that I've seen many, many, many times in my life. Um, It's a movie that I have fond memories of as a kid and um, I love Indiana Jones and there's just so much fun about it. Um, and it, like you said, it revolutionized so many things. And I think it was, um, it helped to kind of legitimize Harrison Ford as something more than just the guy from Star Wars. Um, and so, I, you know, I don't feel the need to go into why it didn't make it to the top rankings. I don't want to do that. It's just, it's a great movie and it's an easy buy it for me. Yeah, it's a buy the poster for me. Mm. I love Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, for many of the same reasons, Doge, I vividly remember back in the days of VHS, Yep. Um, our door, which was our coat closet when I was growing up with my family, also held a fun little thing that uh, you would hang shelves that could hold VHS mm-hmm. on there. And Raiders was always one that I would just get out and look at, like not even watch the movie. Um, because I loved the artwork and I loved everything. And that's kind of when I noticed like, wait, this guy gets shot. Why is that even a big deal? And it kind of led me to like researching stuff and I just love it. It has a big influence on me too. And what's funny is this is barely my favorite of the franchise. I love The Last Crusade. Yeah, Last Crusade, Last Crusade, is, Crusade great. is great. I love it so much. Yeah. But um, Raiders is amazing and it is such a such a good, good movie. Um, ditto to basically everything y'all have already said. Um, and Harrison Ford is one of my favorite. Like, I felt mm. like if I was ever a hero, 
this would kind of be my attitude. Yeah. Um, you know, this is what I would want it to be, probably not what it would be. Absolutely. I want to take the BuzzFeed quiz and be told I'll be Indiana sure. Jones. Yeah. But I, that's I not actually the case like always. Temple of Doom as well, though. Temple of Doom's great as well. I do too. Yeah. I'm yeah. just saying, like, I think because of Crystal Skull, and we don't have to talk about that. Yeah. But what, what is it? What movie are you talking about? <laughs> one thing I did want to talk about, though, because I, I was the last one to rate it, right? Yes. I think people need to hear because this is an iconic, but there's this funny thing that our culture's done, and it might have come from this awful, awful show, my opinion. Big Bang Theory. Oh, gross. Yeah, let's the talk whole, trash about Big Bang the Theory whole all day. The thing about how you realize Indy did nothing to carry the plot of the movie, right? Have you ever heard that? That the Nazis would have found it anyways and opened it up and died. Was Indiana Jones even pivotal at all to the plot? What is your answer to that, Doge? Honestly. He, he doesn't have to be. Because sure. he's, like that's the thing. Like We're telling this big adventure story. He gets caught up in something that's way bigger than him. And he just kind of has to hold on for dear life. Much like it's a submarine traveling from Egypt to the Aegean Sea and he has to hold his breath. Yeah, for yeah, sure. I think he doesn't have to affect the plot because it's not about whether he finds the Ark or whether they find the Ark. It's, yeah. it's all this big adventure that is happening and he's there for it. Well, I think that's a ridiculous claim anyway because he found the Ark. Right, yeah. they wouldn't if they were looking they, in the wrong place. And the only reason they even were able to get to the point of looking in the wrong place is because he led them straight to the amulet in the first place. Like exactly. it makes no sense. Yeah, the camp that discounts that's it a is bogus the one that claim. says the Germans are just following Indy. Yeah, yeah. because they know he knows. It's he's a bogus claim. Him. So it's a, it's a bazinga claim. Is what I thought it is. we'd just kill it here and now. Yeah. So it's yeah. official. It's dumb. On this we worldwide, big theory on this national platform. Yeah. Oh man, bazinga in peace. Before we sign out, don't forget. Please tune in next time. Let's get lost together. Let's get terrified. Mm. Hopefully we survive. Chances are you won't. In, In space, space, no, no one, one can, can hear, hear you, you podcast. podcast. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> That wasn't rehearsed. That wasn't rehearsed. We're watching Alien next week. Please tune in to hear the review of Alien and please watch this movie beforehand. We told you where to find it. Alien is next week. <laughs> what? I can't stress enough how real that just was. Oh man! Okay, to end this episode, I would Let's like say the same thing at the same time. Yeah, we already did it. I would like for each of us to say our name and one American city that you would like to see an entire Indiana Jones movie set in for two chunks and a hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders, Branson, Missouri. Ooh, that might honestly good. be a real good indie movie out there in Silver Dollar City. Just get it. Amazing. I'm Doge, and I pick Washington, D.C., but specifically Nick Cage's National, yeah, National Treasures, Treasure. Washington, D.C. Sure. I want them racing each other to the Templar Treasure. So just knock out Sean Bean completely and replace him with Indy? Yeah. Ooh, that'd be great. Yeah. And I'm Carter. Man, I would love to see Indy roaming around Lampasas, <laughs> my hometown, <laughs> because something needs to make that place interesting. Indiana Jones and the Secret of the Willis. <laughs> Did you know we live on Willis Street? Is it named after you? No. Goodbye. (laughs) Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. 
Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.